irreverent, entertaining, cool. You are listening to L.A. Talk Radio. We say what we want. You're listening to You're Not the Person I Hired with Brad Remillard, only on L.A. Talk Radio. Welcome today. Uh, thanks for joining us. Today is the inaugural kickoff of uh, our talk radio show. Uh, this is going to be a talk radio show really about one thing in two different categories. We're going to cover hiring. That's the focus of our job, our focus of our radio show. And we're going to cover it from whether you're trying to hire someone and you're having difficulty finding people, sourcing, interviewing, closing, Whatever the issues may be on the hiring side, we're going to talk about that too. In addition, we're going to cover it from the candidate's perspective. What are all the issues that candidates run into when they're looking for a job? Obviously, today in the market that we have, hiring is a key issue for many people. With unemployment at record levels, with candidates being in the job searches for sometimes six, seven, a year, it can take a long time to find a job. We're here to help make sure we limit that time as much as possible. We're going to talk about your job. We're going to talk about your issues. And we're going to cover every aspect of whether you're hiring someone or whether you're looking to get hired. We're going to cover every aspect of what it takes to hire or find a job. You're welcome to join us. You're welcome to call in today. If you want to call in, call us at 818 818- 602-4929, but when you call, I have to caution you, you have to call from an unblocked number. We will not take calls if your number is blocked. So again, give us a call if you're interested, 818-602-4920. And for those of you that are sitting at a coffee shop, sitting at an internet, but don't have a phone handy, you can just go ahead and email me, and while I'm on the show, I'll answer your questions via the email. You can email me today at brad at, and the name of my company is impacthiringsolutions.com. So you can email me any questions, topics, issues you want to talk about today or in the future at brad at email, brad at impacthiringsolutions.com. So we'll take your calls. We'll take your messages if you have any. And if not, we're going to talk today about what I think is probably the key thing to getting hired. The key reason why most candidates spend more time searching for a job than they should. I believe, as I have interviewed hundreds of candidates, just a little bit about my background before I jump into this. I've been in executive search now since 1980. I have had over 10,000 interviews in my life. I have worked on over 2,000 executive searches I have placed and worked with candidates from the entry level right out of college all the way up to executives. Right now, Impact Hiring Solutions is an executive search firm. We are a retained executive search firm, and that means I primarily work with executives, vice presidents, C-level type uh, candidates searching for a job. And most of the searches that I'm involved with and our company, Impact Hiring Solutions, involved with deal with that executive level. Now, that's not to say during this hiring process or during this show, we're only going to deal with with executive, because that's not true. In fact, like most things, 
about 80% of hiring is the same whether you're an executive or an entry-level person. We're going to take that 30, almost 30 years of experience of placing people, of listening to what candidates tell us, of hearing what hiring managers, vice presidents of HR, hiring managers, CEOs looking to hire people, the feedback they give us, the good and the bad, why they don't want to hire a candidate, why they don't want to see a candidate, why they don't like your resume, why a candidate blew an interview, what they did wrong during the interview. We're going to cover all those issues today. And in our 30 years, it's hard to believe that you're going to have an issue with all the interviews we've had and the hiring we've had that we can't help you address. That's our background, and we're coming to you today from a recruiter's perspective. The fact is, I believe I only know one thing. I don't know a lot about HR. I don't know anything about benefits and compensation, except as it relates to hiring. That's the one thing we know, and we know very well. In the 2,000-plus meetings that we've had, we've had been able to deal with just about every issue in hiring that you can think about. In fact, we're going to cover that, all those issues. And the most important thing I can tell you today is we are going to cover the issues online, and we are going to call, uh, take calls as they come in. But I want you to know that we will cover your issues, but the most important thing we can talk about today is getting prepared for a call, for an interview. I'm sorry. Most importantly, how do you prepare for your job? What do you do to get prepared when you're looking for a position? We find that most candidates don't take the time to really prepare and really understand what they're looking for, what they're looking to do, and how they're going to do it. Yeah, in the bedroom. We understand that most candidates put a resume together, jump into the pool, and start hiring and start looking for a job. And that's not the way to do it. Let me go. I have a call on the line. Let me go to the call. Uh, go ahead. You have a question. Uh, say your name, if you would, and, the, and where you're from. Peter from San Clemente. Peter, hi. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing fine. Um, Brad, I had a question. So if I have been at a company for – uh, a number of years, in fact, 20 years, well-known in my industry, and then I've uh, separated from the company, just at the different directions uh, between me and the, my other partners. So with my name in the industry, it might sound good that uh, people you know, would, would find the interest in me to uh, come and, and perhaps work for their company. But isn't my value diminished when I send them a resume? And, and suddenly the uh, maybe the tides turn and they say, uh, you know, what value does this fellow have? He's now coming to try to work for for me. I, I didn't hear the last part. Say that again, Peter. I, I said, what, you know, what fellow is this, what in, what value is this person really bringing to me? Um, you know, I had uh, quite high expectations or quite high th thoughts of this person, but now they're out sending out resumes uh, looking for any type of a job. Were they really as good as uh, I had thought they were? So I guess it's, you know, my I think my value is diminished the minute someone knows I'm looking for a job, as opposed to having my name out in the industry that I am available or that I'm not working and that maybe somebody would contact me. 
Yeah, that's a that's a good point. I mean, first off, I would suggest to you number one is you shouldn't put it. You shouldn't be sending these people a resume. I agree. Um, if you're well known in the industry, you've got a reputation in your industry. You have a and let's assume it's a good reputation, by the way. Yeah. Uh, so I would suggest to you that these are the very people you want to contact on a, personally. You want to be in touch with them. You want to alert them ahead of time. Get to them before the rumor mill gets to them. Pick up the phone. Call these people. Let them know, hey, I'm on the market. Now, I assume you don't have any kind of non-compete agreement or anything along those lines? No, no. Okay. Then I would suggest pick up the phone. Put your list together. This is part of that preparation we talk about. Who is it you want to call? How do you want to stop the rumors? Call them. Let them know, hey, me and my partners went a different way. You add a lot of value to them, but you're correct. If they see you just sending out a bunch of resumes, mass mailing people, uh, the rumor mill comes around, and rumors will start. I've been a recruiter in this 29 years, and every time something like this starts, somebody, whether it be your partners, your competitors, somebody wants to keep you out, and they start a rumor. Hey, Peter got fired. Peter wasn't doing a good job. Whatever it may be, you got to cut that off. And the best way to do that is with a preemptive strike. Okay. It may be, maybe you want to send out a uh, um, some kind of blast email with an announcement, kind of like the uh, you know when you go to when you promote something, you send out a, oh, yeah. uh, a, a what do you call it a uh, yeah like a press right. release yeah a press release that's yeah. what I'm thinking. Okay. Thank you, help yeah a press okay. release letting people yeah, right. know hey you're going to be around you're here to help. If they need your help, you can tap into that expertise. I think you bring probably bring a lot of value, yeah. and I don't think it's diminished if they understand yeah. why this all happened. Does that Great make idea. sense? Yes, it does. Great idea. Thank you very much, Brad. You bet, Peter. Oh, My pleasure. Call again. So, so uh, sounds good. I'll be listening for the rest of it. Bye. Thanks, Peter. Have a good day. So that's a that, that's an example of we have to get together and put together a marketing plan. In Peter's case, he needs to put together a plan. Who are these people? Who should I contact? What's my pitch going to be to them? Our experience is that candidates don't do this. They just jump into the market. I'm going to suggest to you that one of the things you have to become is very, very targeted. You have to have a target that you want to go after. And that is done by research and identifying what are your strengths, what are your weaknesses, what are the obstacles, and what are the threats. Executives call that a SWOT analysis. We look at our strengths, our weaknesses, our obstacles, and the threats. We have to sit back and do the same thing as candidates. I always suggest to my candidates and the people that I'm coaching, because we have a pretty extensive one-on-one executive coaching program that we do with our candidates. The first step we do is tell me what it is you want to do. Not a generic, well, I want to work for a $50 million company. I want to work for a large organization. This is not what we're talking about. What we are very specifically talking about is I want to be a target company. I want the industry. I want the name of the companies you want to target. I want to understand what value you bring to those people. Then when you do that, you're able to very specific. So when you go out and help somebody, when you go out and identify a company, you have a reason for being that. 
when you meet with somebody, it's not a generic, well, how can I help you? What are you looking for? Instead, often candidates come back and say, well, I'd like to work for a $25 million company somewhere in this area, and I'd like to be a X. That's not going to be sufficient. Nobody can help you with that. Or I'd like to be in sales in a high-tech firm, being able to add value to my customers and my candidates. That's worthless. Hello? Oh, hi. Are you online? Go ahead, um, I'm calling. Hello? Go ahead. I'm calling on the radio. Yes. Is go it ahead. Brad? Yes, go ahead. What, do you, what can I do for you? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I realized I'd actually gotten through. Um, I'm trying to talk to you about getting too specific with what I'm looking for when I'm preparing for an interview. And uh, what I'm looking for is to try and – I'm, I'm afraid if I get too specific with what I'm looking for, the position that I'm qualified for. And, and what I do is I try to stay very general when I put it together. Um, and by giving the overview of who I am and what I have done. Now, my question is, that way, if a person knows of a job lead or hears of one, they will think of me. Does it sound like I'm saying this? It sounds like you're saying this is wrong to do. Yes, it's exactly right. Um, I think that often what happens is uh, we, we want to be so general that, we miss the, the the person you're talking with misses the forest for the trees. They do never. They really do never get a chance to help you. Let me let me ask you a couple of questions. Let me try and focus this a little bit for okay. you. And try and be more specific. So when you're meeting all these people and you're out giving them these this overview of who you are and what you're looking for, why are you doing that? What's your goal in meeting all these people? Well, I'm, I'm hoping that I can either get a job or a job lead or maybe an introduction to people that might lead or an open position or just to keep me in mind if they hear of something. All right. That, I'm just trying to put myself out there. Okay. That's typical. So, how, how, by the way, how long have you been looking? About five or six months. Okay. So, let me ask you, in this five, six months, four months, whatever time it's taking you to get up and going, how many contacts have you made? Networking contact, business cards. Um, how many, you know, other people have you met with looking for a position, referrals, and uh, you know, types of people that you've talked to and and you've given this overview, uh, this general overview to. How many? Give me an example of how many people you you've met like that. Wow, um, too many to count. I, I've met a lot, but. Um, I probably have to go to about eight to ten networking events a month, um, and I try to meet a lot of people for coffee every day if I can. So are we talking 200 people, more than 200 people? <laughs> At least. More than 500? Probably. Um, yeah, probably. All right. I mean, think about that. That's a lot of people. Now, from that, those 500 people, that you've met, you've given this overview to, they know you, you've probably given you know, the classic business card exchange. 
How yeah. many of those people have given you what I call a quality referral? And let me just define a quality referral for you. For me, a quality referral is someone that either gives you a job lead, gives you a, a, a lead to a person that's hiring. Uh, it could be somebody that gives you a lead to a person that gives you a lead. So kind of that one degree of separation. Hey, I want you to meet Tom because Tom I know was always looking to hire people and Tom then introduces you to that. So it's kind of met those goals that you've talked about. How many people have you, have given you that kind of quality uh, referral that meets your goal? Well, very few. It sounds like I'm just drinking coffee, but I have met a lot of people through those meetings and I mean, isn't that what networking is all about? Um, yeah, I, yeah, that's what networking is all about. If your objective is to meet a lot of people, then you're fulfilling your objective. You're out, you're mm. meeting people, but I didn't hear that was your objective. Your objective was to meet people that either have a job, to give you a job lead, make introductions to people that might lead to a job lead. That's what I heard you say. And what I'm hearing now is you're doing the classic networking. You're doing what most candidates do wrong, and that is it's about quantity, not quality. You're out, mm. you're doing a lot of activity, you're meeting a lot of people, and the next day, two days later, they forget about you, quite frankly. They don't know mm. who you are. They don't know when they look at those business cards and a recruiter like myself picks the phone up a week later and says, I'm looking for someone with this kind of background. You meet anybody, they come back and they say, you know what? I did meet someone like that. I met someone, you know, last week, I, boy, was the name Pat? Was it Paul? Maybe it was Peter. You know, let me check my business card. And they go through their stack of five, 600 business cards. And they look and they don't remember whether Pat is a male or a female. The problem is you haven't helped them help you. The key to networking is not activity. One of the mistakes that candidates make when they're out networking is it's he who dies with the largest amount of business cards wins the game. I can tell you that the fewer business cards you have, but the higher quality that they know of you, they know your background, you've met with them, they know you by a person. You've had an opportunity to develop what we call a relationship with them. And you've had an opportunity in developing this relationship where they now know you who you are by company, by industry. That's the key. Just passing out a business card exchange has little value. And in fact, you can keep doing the same thing. You can go another six months, have another 500 business cards and one or two referrals. I'm going to suggest to you it would be better to say, you know, I'm Brad Remillard. I am in uh, sales. I sell high technology disk drives to third party integrators. And I'm looking for leads with, with companies like ABC company, XYZ company. And I'm also wondering if you know of any people or you might know these specific people, sales people that call on XYZ company. A vendor that works with XYZ company or maybe somebody who's left XYZ company. Now you've got that person sitting across that table drinking coffee with you thinking about who do they know that can help you. 
I'm looking for a CPA firm that calls on that company that could introduce me to the accounting firm. I'm looking for a person that uh, is at the same business club as this person that you want to meet. When you give out specific names with specific targets, that person at the end of the line will click. I had a meeting just the other, I don't know, two weeks ago, sitting with a candidate. And after about an hour, the, fa- the candidate brought up a name of a large uh, retail company down in San Diego. And I said, oh, well, gee, I know the person down there. I know the CFO down there. I'll be happy to call and give you an introduction. Had that person not given me the name of that individual, I would never have thought to call that person. He was so general that I had no idea what to look for. And that's the problem. We Candidates want to become so general, they miss the target. I'm going to suggest to you the first thing you should do is sit down, identify the industries that, you're, that you have – you can bring talent to, the specific companies within those industries by name, specific people that you want to identify by name in those companies. Who is it by name that you want to identify? Because you never know who is you're sitting with, who their neighbor is. Who's a, their foursome player at their golf tournament? Who they go to church with? That they can interview, that they can introduce you to by giving them the name. And then finally, don't forget to think about who does this individual I want to call or I want to meet, who do they interface with on a daily basis? If it's an accounting mm-hmm. person, who's their CPA firm? If it's a HR person, who handles their benefits? Who handles their payroll? These are the people that they're talking to every single day. Who's their lawyer? Who's their banker? Get in touch with those people. They'll make a referral. Once they have a relationship with you, they'll make a referral. So the more specific you get, the better you will do. The problem is we just think they're going to open up the roller decks to you. And say, here, go through my Rolodex and see who you want to meet. They're not going to do that. So I'm going to suggest to you try the opposite. Take some time. Focus. Try getting specific. Identify the companies you want to meet. Identify people you want to be introduced to. And identify people that talk to them or touch them. These what we call service providers, the people that provide a service to the company. And then when you meet people, ask them, do you know anybody in these companies? Do you know any of these people? Do you know any of these people that I can get in touch with? And now you'll begin through the old first, second, third degree of separation. You'll begin to get quality referrals and you'll begin to get referrals in the line or where the direction you want to go. That was a long answer to a short question, but does that help? Yeah, yeah, that's great. Is all that stuff in your book? Yeah, you can – yeah, the, the, you've obviously been to our website, Impact Hiring Solutions. We put a book out uh, called This Is Not the Position You're, I Accepted. You can take a look at it. You can actually download it for a dollar and read it. Uh, you can get the hard copy for three bucks. Keep it for two weeks. If you, wanna, if you want to keep it, we'll bill you the additional uh, $35, and if you not, send it back. The point is you get a chance to look at it. So that's on our website, impacthiringsolutions.com. 
uh, it's basically a, for a buck or three bucks. You can at least read it, learn from it. You can't keep it unless you want to buy it, but that is available. You can also get, get our, uh, job search kit. You'll see that on our website. All this is available on our website. Uh, and it's all available, uh, impact hiring solutions. And for a buck or three bucks, I can't see why anybody looking wouldn't at least invest that amount of money to at least see how this one tip, just one tip from a book like that will change how you, if you get a job one week, two weeks earlier, has a dramatic impact on it. But yeah, that's all in our book and you can take a look at it. Sure. Okay. Thanks a lot. That's really helpful. All right. Great. If you need anything, give me a call back uh, or go to our website. Uh, you can also, by the way, go to LinkedIn. On LinkedIn, we have a group called Impact Hiring Solutions Job Search Networking Group and we, it's another resource you can use to communicate with us and issues on your job. It's on LinkedIn. Just type in uh, Impact Hiring Solutions Networking Group, and we'll you'll join us there. Thanks for the call. Okay. Appreciate it. Have Thanks. a great day. Bye. So that is the key to hiring. There's a couple of other things you have to think about. Um, and one of the frustrations that I have when I meet with candidates is not knowing how to help them. Let me give you an example. Uh, last Friday. I went to a, uh, a networking group, and there were, I don't know, 15 or so senior executives. And I do mean senior. I'm talking about presidents of companies. I'm talking about no one was less than a vice president, and they were all obviously very seasoned. I asked two people, introduced themselves to me, and I said to the person, oh, what do you do? Both people came back and said, operations management. I said, what the heck is operations management? I don't know what that means. I haven't a clue how to help you. That was their introduction. That was what we call their brand. That's how they wanted to brand themselves to me. Go ahead, Brad. Anybody in operations management, hey, talk to me about it. I don't know what operations management is. So I started to probe. I eventually found out that they were really what's called global supply chain management. They handle on a global basis how companies get the resources, the materials they need to build a product. So they were resor- they were finding resources in China. They were finding resources in uh, Europe. And they were making sure that when that plant needed that product to build their product, it was, on- it was at their back door. So that's what they meant by operations management. But rather than say to me, well, I handle global supply chain management, primarily in the auto industry or the aerospace industry or in the technology industry, they were so general that I couldn't help them. They didn't develop a brand. They didn't brand themselves. Everybody, whether you're shopping at a supermarket, whether your kids are buying a uh, a bike, a skateboard, tennis shoes, everybody wants to be known as a brand. Once you become a brand, People remember you, and it's your job to get these people who you're talking with to understand what makes you unique. As a recruiter, I meet between I talk to between fifty and sixty people a week. That's five to ten interviews a day, phone interviews, face to face. Ninety percent are all the same, vanilla. I'm a CFO who's helped grown companies, who's looking for a great company where I can make an impact. 
I'm a president of a company who's over the last year grown companies by 50, 60, 80 percent, and I'm looking for my next opportunity. I'm someone, I'm a junior accountant looking to become an accounting manager. Who's not? Everybody's looking for that. You're one of, right now, millions of people on the job market. We can't help you. You have to develop a brand as to why you are different. What makes you uniquely qualified to take that next job? Just because you say you're uniquely qualified doesn't mean you're uniquely qualified. Every salesperson says their, their product is the best. You have to develop a brand around you that brings value to the company that you're looking to hire. One of the problems with most candidates interviewing is they think their skills, their education, and their years of experience is the value they bring to a company. And it's not. Everybody's got the same skills as you after 20 years in sales. Everybody's got the same education. Those are just tools. They're like the wrenches sitting in my garage. They're like the golf clubs in my trunk. They're just a tool. Just because I have those doesn't make me an auto mechanic. Doesn't make me a professional golfer. Doesn't add any value when I'm talking to someone. You have to determine what value you're going to bring to that next employer. I'm a CEO who in my last two companies, I have increased value, EBITDA, by 20% through reductions in inventory, reductions in my debt load, and at the same time, expanding my customer base by over 25% in the international and domestic markets. Now you're bringing value. Now I at least know what you've done. Now I can probe down and say, how did you do that? What international markets? I can begin to probe. You've begun to give me some clarity. You've given me some specifics. And you've begun to develop a brand around who you are, why you're different, and what value you'll bring to me. That's really what a brand does. People that have developed a brand, whether it be any kind of product that you call by name, in fact, some are so well-known, they're not only a noun, they're a verb. Will you Xerox this for me? Xerox is a company. It's a noun. But the brand has become so dynamic that we use the word instead. You have to develop that clarity so that when a referral, a recruiter, is searching for that kind of person, we're going to somehow find you. Generally, we want it so that we can find you within about three to five phone calls. That's the key. You need to be so well-connected, so well-known in your community that if I'm a recruiter, I have to be in Orange County, California. If I'm doing a search in, I don't know, Florida, um, and in, let's say, Miami. And I should be able to find you by making five to six phone calls and asking for referrals. 
I should be able to call five or six people, and you should be so well-connected, have such strong relationships, that somebody's going to say, you need to call this person. You need to talk to this person. You need to call this person right away because they know your brand, they know who you are, and they understand exactly what you're looking for. That's how you get found. Uh, go ahead, caller. I got a caller on the line. Go ahead. Hey, uh, I'm not really. I have two callers on the line right now. So uh, let's go with. Uh, I heard a male voice and a female voice. So let's go with the male voice. Okay. Okay. All right. Hi. Um, I'm not really sure what you mean by personal brand. Um, I'm not a marketing person or anything, but I think my resume like speaks about who I am. Are you saying that's not enough or that's not correct? Yeah, in fact, you brought up a great point. Um, a lot of people aren't in marketing, and a lot of people don't like marketing. They don't understand marketing. And yet, when you go into a job search, like it or not, you're in marketing, and you're in sales. You may not be a salesperson, and you may not be a marketing person, but you need to act like one. What I would suggest you do is get out, number one, get a couple of books on branding. There's a couple of good books out there that you can go into. There's a book called, by the name of The Brand Called You. It's put out by Peter Montoya. There's another one called Be Your Own Brand by David McNally. And I would suggest to you, go on the Internet. There's all kinds of, uh, just type in Google, you know, personal branding. There are a lot of websites on personal branding. Yes, you're going to need to identify what makes you unique, what makes you different, what identifies you as your brand. That's marketing. And you may not be a marketing person by profession, but I would suggest to you, and I tell all my candidates this, you're in marketing, you're in sales, get out, read books on sales, read books on yeah. marketing, understand how to market yourself, understand what it takes to become who you are and identify those values, get a career coach to help you do that. But yes, you're going to need to identify what that is, and you can't stay generic. You can't stay generic. The problem with being generic is when you're just vanilla, you're, you're the same as everybody else. One of the problems is, as a recruiter, companies come back to us and say, yeah, you know, he was fine, but um, yeah, can you show me somebody else? He seems like everybody else. And when that happens, especially in this economy, the problem with that is companies keep saying, eh, there's more people out there. I can find somebody else. I can find somebody better. Nobody wants to get... Be better than your brand. When you buy a brand of Coca-Cola, that's the brand. That's the tops. When you buy the Rolls-Royce, that's the brand. Companies right now want to hire the Rolls-Royce of, of uh, what's on the marketplace. On the marketplace. So companies want to hire the very best. You have to develop one. I would suggest that you go out, identify those people, identify uh, get those books on branding. Make yourself a marketing person. You got plenty of time. You're looking for a job, so you got time to do that. Make yourself a marketing person. Does that make sense? Does that help? Yeah, yeah. Thank you. All right. Have a great day, and uh, 
call back again. Go to go to the website and just blog. Um, you know, personal branding. If you if you have a website, they're all over the place, and there's a lot of help on personal branding. All right, thank you. You betcha. I have another caller, seven one six area code. Give me, uh, go ahead. Yes, this is Jennifer in Buffalo. Um, I just wanted to know how you conduct effective networking with new people. You don't want to bother them, but you also want to differentiate your efforts. Um, so you connect with new people at a time when they're probably inundated with a lot of these types of requests, and they could be worried about their own job too. Yeah, so your question is how do you keep in touch with these people, how do you network these people, and how do you keep yourself aware of them? Basically, is that what I'm hearing? Yes. Okay. A couple of things. Well, one is as we've been talking, differentiate yourself. Identify yourself and uh, make yourself different. They'll remember you. Number two, one of the tricks is you should develop a level of contacts that you're comfortable with. Let me explain by that. Just like salespeople, a minute ago I talked about becoming a salesperson. One of the things top salespeople do, and when you read about sales, go out, get a book. If you're not in sales, again, go get a couple of books on sales. Spin Selling. There's so many books on selling. What, uh, Made to Stick is a great book for branding. Now, they're not. They're, you're going to have to adapt those to your they're, – they're about a product, but if you think about it, you're the product. So adapt them to you being the product. So just like great salespeople do, they put together a list of A customers, B customers, and C customers. A customers are my active people. These are, these are my great customers. Well, those are your great people, the people that know you, the people that understand you, you have a relationship with. Your B customers are customers you're working, you've done some business in the past. You want to continue to develop them. You want to keep in touch with them. You want to farm them. But you may not get orders from them regularly. When you're networking, your B networking contacts are the people you've had coffee with, the people at the end of the conversation you've said, you mind if I keep in touch with you from time to time? And they say, sure. They're your people that you're trying to develop into a relationship to get to better know you. And your C customers are your farm. These are the customers you're calling on, you're cold calling, you want to meet them, they're blowing you off, but they're on your hit list. These are the targets you want to go after. It may take you a year to get to those customers, but you're going to do that. Those C customers, C networking contacts are what I was talking about earlier. Those are the people you want to meet, the companies you want an introduction to, the people you want to get in touch with, whether it be a service provider or a direct company, and you develop those. Once you have these A, B, and C, then it becomes simple to keep in touch with them. You put together mailing lists. Today, you can put together email blasts, and you can set up what's called autoresponders, and they'll send a blast out to these people however you want, once a month, once a quarter. I suggest for your A customers, your A contacts, those with a relationship, once a month, send them an update. Here's what I'm up to email. Update them. Stay in front of them. Remind them that you're still out there. Too often what happens is people get busy. They forget about you. I know recruiters, 
if we haven't heard from you in a month or two months, we just figure you're off the job market. You've got a position, you've been hired, and you know somebody else freshes in the line. But I appreciate it when a candidate sends me an email and says, hey, Brad, here's a quick update on what I'm doing, an updated resume. If you see anything, let me know. But here's the most important part of that email. This is absolutely critical. I can't stress it enough. They say in that email, you don't have to worry about getting back to me. This is just an update. It takes the burden off of me or whomever to say, oh, God, one more email I got to reply to. When I see an email that says, hey, Brad, just an update. Don't feel obligated to respond. It's just letting you know what I'm doing. I read it. I think thanks, and I move on. But it reclicks them. They become in my mind. Oh, yeah, Mike is still on the job market. Oh, yeah, Betty's still out there. Oh, let me look at their resume again. I got to search. Maybe I should think about them. I send them an updated resume. I, maybe they'll send me an updated resume. I quickly glance through the resume. Refreshes my memory. So I do that with my A candidates if I were you. So your B candidates, maybe you do that once a quarter. Your C candidates, your C connections rather, you probably don't have the connection. Those are the connections you're really trying to develop and grow. So I would suggest to you that you do that over time as you network with people. But your A and your B should be in touch with you on a regular basis. And I can tell you that most people are not doing that. Most people, like the first caller, goes out, has coffee, meets with them, then forget about them. It's like people, they post their resume online in, they posted last June, they're still on the job market today, and they haven't updated their resume. So I would suggest to you very few people. And at the end when that meeting, ask them. Hey, is it okay if from time to time I send you an updated email address on what I'm doing? You don't have to reply. I just want to know if it's okay with you if I send that. At the end of your contact, I mean, if you're in your coffee, ask them that question. It's a real simple question to ask. Does that help? Did I answer your question with that? Absolutely. That's very helpful. Thanks so much. Thanks. You have a great day, and uh, uh, it's getting some warm weather up in Buffalo. Good luck to you. Uh. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Take care. So those are some ideas that I think it's not uncommon for candidates to jump into, but I think this is what, a lot of the reasons what we hear is why candidates get frustrated. Let's face it. It's not a lot of fun going to networking meeting after networking meeting after networking meeting. It's costly. I mean, some of these networks cost you 20 30 bucks to go sit and, sit and meet people. This is especially frustrating. For executives, I mean, think about executives. One of the reasons they are executives in a company is they're used to being in complete control. And they're used to things happening on their time frame, on their results. I want this by next month, and boom, it's there. Now they're in a job search. They have no control. And I guarantee you, things are not happening on their time frame and how often they want it to happen. It isn't going to happen. So it's extremely frustrating for the for executives. It's also just frustrating for anybody going, well, I think that, that first caller said I've been on for five or six months doing this. I go to eight to ten meetings a month plus coffee. Boy, you get burned out doing that. And that's because we're just hitting anybody. Anybody that wants to meet with me, I'll meet with them. But think about it this way. Let me change your paradigm for a minute. When you're working, when you're spending 10, 12 hours a day at the office, sometimes five, six days a week. Hopefully five, but six, seven days a week. 
Do you just meet with anybody? Anybody that picks up the phone and calls you, sends you an email, say, hey, let's get together and have coffee. Or do you screen them? Do you take time? What's the purpose of the meeting? What are your goals? Why do you want to meet with me? You be, if you're working, you screen these people out. Why don't you do that when you're looking for a job? You don't have to meet everybody. You only have to meet the right people. And you can do the same thing. I call it goal-focused networking or networking with a purpose. Why are you sitting down meeting with this person? What is your goal? What is the objective that you want when you walk away from that meeting? What do you want from this person? Now, you're going to hear me talk about a lot of wanting today. And next week, we're going to talk a lot about networking is not about only what you want. Networking is a lot about giving. You got to give to get. But the focus today is to help make you a better networking. So we're going to focus on you. Why? What do you want? Maybe it is, by the way, that you want to help this person too. Maybe your goal is to say this person is in the same situation I am. And if I can help them, that makes me feel better and I'm glad I helped them. That's a good thing. But that's the purpose. You had a purpose for that meeting. I'm going to suggest to you, you need to have a very specific purpose when you meet these people. It's not just about let's cop have coffee, let's exchange our resumes, let's exchange our business cards, sing kumbaya, talk about whomever we got, go over our pain, bitch and moan about how badly the market is. And then we're all in this boat together and move on. That's not going to get you anything but frustration. When you network with a purpose, you feel fulfilled because just like when you're working and you come out of a meeting where something was accomplished, you feel a lot better than when you walk out and you sit back and say, what a waste of my time. I'm going to suggest you need to really get focused. So we're coming down to the final time here. Let me just re, uh, kind of go over the uh, – kind of give you an overview. Number one, develop a brand. Figure out what makes you unique, what makes you different from all the other people that that recruiter and that hiring manager and that networking contact – is going to meet. What differentiates you from that? Network with a purpose. Why do you want to meet these people? What's the goal in meeting these people? And have a target. Don't just be general. That's number three. Don't just be general. Focus. Identify first the industries, then the companies, then the people, then the people that service that industry or function that you want to get in touch with. Identify them by name. And when you meet with people with your purpose, help them by giving them the list or the names of people you'd like to meet so they can then make an introduction to you. Get some books. Finally, the fourth thing. Become a sales and marketing person. 
most of us aren't sales and marketing people naturally. And even some sales and people marketing people aren't natural when it comes to a search. They're great at a product, but when it comes to selling themselves or when it comes to doing their own thing, they're terrible. Go out there, get some specific ideas about how to make yourself unique. Learn how to become a marketing person. Learn how to become a salesperson. Learn about what questions you want to ask. Learn about how to overcome objections. There are going to be objections that overcome about your background and questions. Have you thought about that? Salespeople, great salespeople, have a scripted introduction. Do you have a scripted out, written out introduction? Great salespeople have different introductions based on the customer. Do you have a separate introduction about yourself? based on the person you're meeting so you can align your introductions with them and target them like great salespeople do? Great marketing has many different marketing themes and brochures. Sures, do you have multiple themes and brochures for your introduction? McDonald's, American Airlines, uh, Mercedes-Benz, all the great companies that advertise have different messages because they're targeting different companies. Do you have the same thing? You do those three or four things, and how you network will dramatically change overnight. Remember, begin to focus with a purpose. Network with a purpose. Become a marketing and salesperson. Target. And you, the results you get will not be as frustrating, and they'll change overnight. I just want to make a minute now and talk about next week's show because I think it ties in directly with what we're going to do today, what we talked about today. We're going to have an individual guest next week by the name of Dave Elliott. Dave Elliott is an expert on developing relationships through networking. He teaches classes on this. He's going to walk you through the steps you need to do to take that contact you have coffee with and turn it into a connection and then build a relationship with that person so they'll help you find a job. There is nothing better than having a 100 people out there marketing you than just yourself. And Dave Elliott next week is going to tell us how to do that. So, again, I want to say thanks for joining us today. You can go to our website, impacthiringsolutions.com. You can look at our book on uh on uh, job search for executives, you can download it for a dollar. You can get the heart back for three weeks. I mean, for three dollars, keep it for two weeks. If it doesn't help you, send it back. No further charge. Thanks for being here. Thanks for the calls. And I'll talk to you next week with Dave Elliott, our relationships expert. Thanks a lot. Have a great week and network with a purpose. You're listening to You're Not the Person I Hired with Brad Remillard.